Intelligent Medicine is sponsored in part by Chromadex, providing healthcare practitioners with a clinically proven vital resource to increase your patient's levels of NAD. NAD works at the cellular level to fuel energy production. It supports some 500 enzymatic pathways in the body. But many factors can cause NAD levels to drop, such as poor diet, alcohol consumption, lack of sleep, immune stress, overtraining, excess sun exposure, and stress. So it's important to supplement NAD reserves. Fortunately, there's a patent NAD precursor called niogen or nicotinamide riboside, which is the active ingredient in the cellular support supplement True Niogen Pro. Backed by nearly 100 published papers and multiple human studies, True Niogen Pro can safely and effectively elevate your patient's NAD levels. True Niogen Pro gives hardworking cells exactly what they need to perform at their best. To learn more about the research behind True Niogen Pro or to order, visit pro.trueniogen.com. That's true, spelled T-R-U, pro.trueniogen.com. And from now until June 30th, practitioners can get 10% off with coupon code HOFFMAN10. True Nigen Pro is cellular defense for life. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today with Layla Mutin, because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, we're answering your questions Questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. And so reach into the mailbag and tell us what our next question is, Layla. We've got an email from Louise. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. A friend of mine and I were discussing the COVID shot and antibodies. Here's something we were wondering. Are the antibodies that your body develops from the spike protein the same as the antibodies your body produces after you get COVID? I thought they would be different, but I'm not really sure. If one was tested for antibodies, how would that show up? Okay. Love your Q&A and never miss it. Thank you, Louis. Okay, that's a really good question because uh, for a lot of people, they've had the experience that they go, you know, I was really sick last January, but I didn't get tested for COVID. I, I know maybe I had COVID, <laughs> so I'd like to get tested for antibodies. I haven't had the vaccine. I want to see if I have antibodies. Or some people have taken the vaccine and they say, well, you know, it's been four or five months since I took the last booster, you know, should I take that third shot or the fourth shot? Or the 14th because, shot. Or whatever, you know. So I'm going to get my antibodies test. I want to yeah. see if I have like fresh antibodies or whether they've waned because they yes. can wane. They can wane. Or sure. alternatively, some people have like they're elderly or they're immunosuppressed. Some people are taking uh, organ transplant medication or uh, monoclonal antibodies for ulcerative colitis or, and, yes. you know, for... Uh, psoriasis or, mm -hmm. you know, now there's so many of them, rheumatoid arthritis, did my shot take? I yeah. want to see if I have antibodies. Did yes. I make antibodies? So here's the problem. And I just, I just looked at the official communication from the FDA hmm. from, well, it's actually a little dated, but I don't, I think it's from May 2021. Okay. Antibody testing is not currently recommended to assess immunity after COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, I remember, yeah. Yeah, so here's what they're saying. They, they, they're saying it 14 different ways. <laughs> they're saying, they're saying uh, number one, uh, uh -huh. we don't know if the presence or absence of antibodies equates to immunity. Huh? I mean, they're, they're, it's not really been properly evaluated. Mm. So you could get false reassurance like I've got antibodies I don't need another shot 
uh, or I don't need a shot because it I'm almost sounds like they're saying they don't know if antibodies are useful. They're, that's what they're saying. That's hmm. essentially what well, they're saying. But not generally, just in, in this case of COVID. However, hmm. what's weird is if you go for a COVID test, like on those street things, kiosks that they still have, you know, although less than they My used to. My goodness, There used yeah. to be one on every corner. Now there's like a little few. One on every, every other corner. Every other corner, but they're still testing. Uh, it, <laughs> it's like enough already. But uh, you can mm-hmm. get a PCR or you can get an instant one. I, you'll do this for traveling. So, for example, I'm taking a trip. Uh, in May, and they want testing right before I go. Not like a week before, but like still, still, yeah. They want to know within seventy-two hours. Said for for the for the rapid, it's twenty-four, and for the for the PCR, it's forty-eight or something like that. Mm. So it's kind of an inconvenience, but you got to you know go with the protocol. So, but you can also say, oh, and would you like your antibodies test? Yeah, go ahead. So what they do is they charge you extra, but they don't charge you. They charge your insurance company for what essentially the F. FDA is now saying it's kind of a useless test. Yeah. But people will say, well, well why not? Well, you, you know, check me for antibodies, uh, which is actually a blood test. It's mm-hmm. not It's it's not a, um, it, I think they could do it with a, a finger prick. Um, so anyway, hmm. here's the deal. When you take a vaccination, <clears throat> you get a reaction to the spike protein only. Mm. And okay. so the antibodies generated are to the spike protein. But the problem is, if you've had COVID, you also get antibodies to the spike protein. Huh. So you, if you've had COVID and you've had uh, the vaccine, you will have, for a while at least, usually until it wanes, antibodies to the spike protein, which will not help you differentiate whether it came from what mm-hmm. the contribution is from the natural infection versus mm-hmm. the vaccination. So... There is a way of differentiating because uh, you can get a separate test, which is less commonly performed, which is called the nucleocapsid antibody test. And that tests for the viral capsule or the shell uh-huh. that contains the viral RNA. So it's, that's the whole virus. Uh, so you do not get nucleocapsid antibodies from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You only get it from a natural infection. Mm. Now... So it might be of some interest to some people who say have, um, I don't know, I guess if you've had the vaccine and you've had an infection and you want to see, well, I've definitely got spike protein probably because I got it from both. Yeah. But if I do I have any leftover <clears throat> from the infection, you can get that. Yeah. I mean, I guess that might be a setting where you can check it out. But it used to be, I mean, there's kind of a like a jokey article in the New York Times a few months ago where like, you know, people used to be comparing, uh, you know, their their uh, their net worth or their IQ or, you know, uh, and, and now they're comparing their antibody levels at, a, at you know, at, uh, at, at dinner, you know, yeah. at, at masked at dinner, you know, they're saying. <clears throat> My other car is a Jaguar. Right, right, right. <laughs> so let me ask you. So you've got your plane tickets. You're going to take a trip. Yeah. Now, what if you go and get this PCR test and it shows positive? Is your trip over? Yeah. Wow. Can't get on a plane. Kind of makes me afraid to buy a plane ticket. Well, yeah, because <laughs> no, but it, it, but it would be that that would be an acute infection, not an antibody test. Right, right. right. It, no, no, not an antibody test. I'm talking about a PCR. PCR, a PCR test. test. Yeah. So if it shows positive, the airline's not going to want you to fly with them. It's not for the airline. It's more the uh, the tour company or the country you're going to. I see. Okay. And it, every, the rules are, look. 
everything is confusing. It's oh, like totally. mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, boosters required, not required. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, the testing before uh, depends on which country. Uh, depends on which tour True. you're going on. I, you know, I have tours yeah. booked book with two different companies. They have two different rules, and they keep changing the rules. Like one of the companies, uh, they said, "Oh, you have to have evidence of having a vaccine within 180 days of going." And then I then I checked the website Six and it says months, yeah. the, within a week it changed to you have to have evidence of a vaccine within 270 days. Huh? And you know, and they, it's going to keep changing because. Yeah we're relaxing our requirements. Mm -hmm. So they said, and, it, and it, even on the website, it's keep, please keep checking the website for updates, for updates. update daily, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it also is in response to like, oh, what if there's a big surge? You know, it's like, um, because different countries have different levels of yeah. this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well. Yeah, anyway, so mm -hmm. the, the point is uh, mm -hmm. antibody testing, I think, in the hands of a physician yeah. who understands it. I, mean, I don't even think most doctors quite understand it. And the FDA doesn't quite understand it. They could be a useful tool for telling you something. Yeah. You know, like, but it's not gonna really tell you, are you very vulnerable or not? Exactly, and that, that particular status of where your antibodies are on that given day, that yeah. given blood test, will change. And also this is all has to do with B cells and there's also T cell and B cell memory yeah. that is not reflected in those tests, mm -hmm. and they're they're not really promoting those tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those is that's like uh, some degree of memory. Yeah. So that uh, and that's why having had COVID, uh, it look doesn't prevent you from getting it again because I know plenty of people yeah. had it like twice or with more or even more. Yeah, but it's less likely. Almost invariably, the second or third time you get it, it's milder because uh, you have some memory. Yes. You know, just like, look, how many times do you have a flu in your life? You have a flu, but I it's it, it, but a it's so many. Yeah. You have memory, mm -hmm. but if uh, we went to uh, some Pacific island where they've lived on, isolated for centuries, and you know, we had the flu and coughed on somebody, they might die because mm. they had no experience of that. Hmm. That's what happened, how the Native Americans were eradicated, not by the Spanish conquistadors with uh, guns and swords and cannons. It's They killed them with the germs. Yeah. Yeah. You know. yeah. Anyway, it's a good point to pause because mm -hmm. we're going to allow for a commercial message. Let's hear it. Here's some exciting news from our friends at NT Factor. You've heard me talk for years about the natural energy producing benefits and anti-aging effects of NT Factor's line of nutritional supplements. Well, now those same benefits are available for your pets. Introducing NT Factor Pet Power. It's the first formula to restore the structure and function of cellular membranes in animals increasing vigor and vitality. By adding NT Factor Pet Power to their food, research has shown that energy loss and other age-related changes in animals were reduced and are delayed after only eight weeks of daily use. Now your pets can benefit from the same clinically proven formula I use and prescribe to my patients to repair damaged cells and improve your body's natural energy production. Clinical trials have shown that NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half and it also reduces some of the side effects of aging. 
with a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. You can get the NT Factor line of nutritional formulas, including the all-new Pet Power, by calling 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. And now back to our questions. What's next, Lila? Oh, and I think this is something that you may have already spoken about on your Saturday show, Dr. Hoffman. Neonicotinoids approved for 15 years, or maybe. Dear Dr. Hoffman, thank you for speaking on the matter of neonicotinoid pesticides on your radio show today. I'm hoping many in your large audience will take alarm and try to stop the EPA's move to re-improve these NICs for the next, yeah, for the next 15 years. And you know, childrenshealthdefense.org, which is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s site, it's a wonderful site for anybody who's ever looked at it, read it. Really wonderful articles, scholarly oh, it's articles. Very, it's, it's very scholarly. It's, I mean, it's wonderful. He, he's been characterized as a total wackadoodle person because he's anti-vax, and he's a little. And he's not anti-vax. It, well, he, he's he's extreme in his critique, shall I say? Yeah. And vociferous yeah. in his critique. But I, you know, I looked at his book, mm-hmm. uh, and his book is actually. Very well written. It's the most scholarly, well documented uh, book I've read in a long time. Uh, blah, 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 the most, the latest book. Yeah, the, latest the real Doctor Fauci. Is the real, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, and okay. it was. I mean, it was so uh, dense in its documentation. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he outlines like a kind of a conspiratorial view of how the pharmaceutical industry, uh, in league with the government, is uh, pushing. Uh, a certain agenda, you know. The whole thing of having these pesticides approved, and this one in particular, the the neonicotinoid, is has neurological effects. What I find interesting is supposedly seeing, on insects, but not to any extent on humans. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. But it's interesting that we're finding more ALS diagnoses, Lou Gehrig's mm-hmm. disease. We're finding more MS. I think. Mm-hmm. We're finding more Parkinson's or yep. anyone who lives downstream from a commercial farm. Well, we had that cluster at the at the um, uh, high school there where there's like uh, you know sixty five to one hundred people who went to that high school and developed brain tumors. Yeah, yeah, and rather in New than, Jersey, somewhere in New Jersey. Yeah, nobody's looking at the toxic exposures right. as much as they're looking at oh well, let's see if you have a genetic predisposition or let's see mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. whatever. A doctor. Thomas Cowan uh, spoke very eloquently, I watched a YouTube recently, where he said, a bunch of dolphins are dying in this particular body of water. Now, are you going to go genetically test these dolphins to see which ones or how they were predisposed? Or are you going to check the water to see if there were any toxins dumped into it? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it suggested something. It could be the simple. It, it could happened. be the simple There's answer. There's so many compounds in our environment that sure. it's very hard to sort them in. Anyway, so we, the big knock on nico, nic, neonicot, neonicotinoid neonicotinoids yeah. uh, is that they're nicotine-like compounds, and nicotine has neurological effects in insects, in particular. Yeah, um, and what uh, these things do. And by the way, you know, that's why the tobacco plant makes nicotine. Yeah. It protects itself from insect And insects. animals know innately to avoid the nightshades. Right. Tomato Ex- plants, eggplant, 
with, the, with the exception of humans who smoke cigarettes. Exactly, <laughs> but, but the, the, the leaves of those plants contain a lot, Toxins. a lot of uh, nicotine as well. So animals inherently know right. not to eat these plants, which right. is really interesting. Well, so the, there's all this uh, colony collapse uh, disorder that is killing off the bees, and w it's not clear what's causing that. You know, is it a infection? Uh, is it a uh, is it a, an environmental thing? Is it neonicotinoids? Yeah. It's, is it's it radio waves. It you know any number of things mm -hmm. might be say suppressing the immune system of the bees so that the bees are more vulnerable to fungal infections or viral infections or bacterial infections yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. So it it it's controversial, and she mentioned some organizations that are fighting back. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's a, the Beyond Pesticides website, uh, everyaction.com, uh, that is one. But definitely, I would encourage anyone to go read childrenshealthdefense.org. People might say, who needs insects? I mean, they bite you, they, they sting you, they're, they're a nuisance, they buzz around. They're, they're part of the they're, ecosystem. They're we like need our bees. Germy, you know. And, but no, if, if it, all the insects die, we are... Goners. How are we going to how are we going to pollinate everything? Right, right. Anything on my porch here in New York, I, I have the good fortune of having a porch with plants and all kinds of foliage and stuff. Well, once they rebloom, I've got a rose of Sharon plant. I've got a crepe myrtle, and I love watching the bees float oh, in between the right, two. It's right. wonderful. In between them is a hedge. Yeah, you know. So it's just really nice to watch, and certainly out in the country, mm. watching all the pollinators of all the different. Right plants of uh, uh, vegetables that we grow and everything in the summertime, which we just started replanting. So anybody with a patch of grass, even you could you could get some nice pots and put them on your doorstep or in your window box and grow your own herbs and things like that. I would encourage everybody to take advantage of growing your own food to the extent that you can. Do, do we need bees for uh, herbs? I think it's some more flowering plants. It's right? more the flowering right, plants, right. more than anything. Yep. So yeah, no, they're part of. We are done without the bees. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, all right, so we we you know for those I... of you who didn't hear me talk about it on the Saturday program, we gave it some attention. <laughs> yes, we have a question. But here. you should listen to that program. You should listen to that program. Absolutely. And they could download the podcast they of can the download radio the podcast. show. The, pod right? the podcast, the, the, each uh, live radio show turns into a podcast yeah. on Monday. Which you can access at drhoffman.com. Correct. We have a question from Larry. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, please help me out with this. We've discussed this doctor before, Dr. Stephen Gundry. Mm -hmm. In it, he claims that lectins, which are on grains, legumes, nightshades, are downright dangerous to digestion. He says that they are impossible to, to digest, can cause some leaky gut by punching holes in the intestinal wall, mm -hmm. causing a leaky gut. They can also stick to insulin receptors. The product he's selling is called lectin blocker. But before I take the plunge, can you talk about lectins? Well, it, it, Is it, it as serious as he claims? It, it blocks the lectins, which I'm not entirely sure have to be blocked. True. Uh, because, I agree. and I think that for some select people, an extreme elimination diet. You know, he wrote the book *The Plant Paradox*, which, which is, is a very interesting book. I read it cover to cover. Interesting title, interesting concept, and yeah. I think we should be aware that you know, just because it's vegetables and fruits, uh, doesn't mean that it is always the best uh, thing to a eat. A boon to your health. 
uh, especially for people with certain digestive conditions, you know. Certain digestive conditions, certain autoimmune Leaky gut, autoimmunity, yeah. Things like that. Right. So it's very interesting. But I think there needs to yeah. be some more uh, mm -hmm. precision to that concept of lectin avoidance. The other thing you could do with those legumes is cook things in a pressure cooker. If you cook things in a, if you cook the food in a pressure cooker, and Dr. Gundry actually goes into that into oh, yeah. his book, you can kind of nearly dissolve all of these lectins. Oh, it does neutralize yeah. the lectins? Yeah. yeah. And remember that plant species, I mean, this is life too. These lives need to defend themselves, mm -hmm. and they do so right. via lectins. Right. Right? Yeah, that is so, a defense mechanism. Right. Um, so, okay, so then the question is, is lectin blocker a good thing? Is lectin Well, it's kind of like, you know, like... Um, it's like eating your cake and having it. I mean, I think the best approach would be, if you're sensitive to lectins, yeah. is to avoid the lectins to the extent possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is a lectin blocker, I haven't really investigated the science behind it, is it a complete antidote to lectins? It reminds me a little bit of, you know, there, there are actually some digestive products that purport to help you break down or neutralize the adverse effects of gluten. Yes, and I don't. I think that's a really bad idea. Oh, because, it is a bad idea because um, you know it, if you're really sensitive to gluten, and particularly if you have celiac disease, don't go near those products because they will maybe reduce it by a couple. Should of, we should we take digestive enzymes that will help us to digest and absorb plastic? <laughs> maybe in five hundred thousand years, we'll be genetically modified. up to you know digesting and absorbing plastic, but not right now. Although interestingly, they're finding plastic in in blood specimens and things in like that. In lung specimens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. So. Oh, this but, is, I, I, did, I did talk about yeah. it, but speaking of plastic, yeah. I was I was getting some uh, garbage bags, and I regret to say I do use plastic, you know, and I recycle the plastic, I use plastic garbage bags. Okay. I do too. Okay. Cause so, you but know, I recycle it. Gotta exactly. be practical. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm looking on the shelf and I see like, they have this, this product, which is a liner for your crock pot. It's like a plastic liner that yes. you put in your crock pot. So you don't have to clean the crock pot. You just take it, you know, empty this, the food out with a ladle, and then just throw out the bag, you yeah. know. So, and I'm Cooking thinking, not a good idea. Yeah. And just as I, uh, you know, came home, uh, within a couple of days, an article appeared that was an analysis of what happens when you pour, and they did an experiment, they poured hot water into, into a crock pot and, mm -hmm. uh, with a plastic bag, and they left it there for an hour or two. And then they measured the number of, nanoparticles in there yeah. and the number was like somewhere between five and 13 trillion wow which is kind of like the u.s budget deficit you know it, i mean just and they said but the fda doesn't consider that dangerous because it's below their threshold like what's their threshold yeah you know what came long before these crock pot plastic bags mm. do you remember the oven roasting plastic bags oh sure if you want a very moist turkey at well, Thanksgiving, it's, a, it's a sous vide yeah it's not a sous vide no because you're still bringing it way up to temperature oh. it's not a sous vide at all oh we're talking about roasting your turkey or the moisture right here in a plastic but, oven roasting bag yeah sure yes you get a great finish but it's going to be full of all that kind of plastic yeah, even if it doesn't taste like plastic, it's you've impregnated it's still, it with with exactly. the chemicals that are in the plastic. But now the microparticles are yeah. the the you can't see them; they're nano. Yeah, they're small enough to get to breathe in mm -hmm. and to uh, go through the alveoli into the bloodstream. Yeah, across the placenta. Yes. Yeah. Yes, 
And now the whole sous vide thing, really. I mean, this is something uh, my husband was interested in. Should we get a sous vide? No, because we don't want, I don't want to use the plastic. Oh, okay. Don't want to use it. Well, what sous vide is, but to distinguish this is... Uh, is uh, you're cooking still in plastic, but at a very, very low, low, oh, okay. slow temperature. Okay, got it. But still. Yeah, you know, it's in a bag. I, I'm the one always wanting to throw away the Tupperware. Can't you use a paper bag? No, that's not okay. gonna. That's not gonna fly. The water's gonna get in. It's not gonna work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Paper bag's gonna get wet. <laughs> Do we have a time for more? Uh, one more question, or we? I, you know, uh, I don't think so. Okay, because we're yeah. running a little short on time. So yes. Um, let's uh, then. We have maybe a couple of questions, but uh, let's kick it over to next week. Yeah. And we encourage your questions. Uh, you got a real good shot. Uh, this time of year to get in with mm -hmm. your question or comment. We love comments as well. Uh, radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Yes. Have yourselves a great week. Keep listening to our podcast. We had uh, a great one on, uh, you, you know, you know the strawberry uh, compound, Fisetin. Mm. Well, I learned that it's pronounced Facetin. Oh, really? Facetin, yeah. Fisetin uh, sounds better. Uh, yeah, I know. Facetin? Okay. Facetin, okay. yeah. Also, we, we say quercetin. Uh -huh. This guy who's like a major researcher, his name is uh, Dr. Yusuf Sadeh, he says corsetin. 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 Okay. Yeah. Some people say corsetin. Right. And he goes, so I said, which which is it? And he says, well, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato, it doesn't matter. I say, I say autophagy and you say? Autophagy. Yes. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing Fing off. off. <laughs> okay. And with that, we'll uh, sign off. Yes. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your healthcare.